Hi, I'm Katie, and I've been an educator for over 20 years, from paraprofessional to 10 years as a classroom teacher, to principal to district administrator, I've done it all. Being an educator right now is challenging, to say the least. No matter the role, we can find ourselves overwhelmed and stressed out. I've been there, and I found the secret to a work-life balance that improved my life. Join me in discovering simple secrets that will help you step away from the noise and improve your life. Hi, and welcome back, everyone. Guess what? Oh, I can feel it. It The sun is out, the sky is blue, and summer is finally here. And I know teachers all across our country are breathing a sigh of relief. I really do love summer because it is a time of rejuvenation. It's a time where the days are longer. I feel like I can get a few more things done. I'm not as tired at the end of the day because the sun isn't setting until around nine o'clock for us. Uh, and I can look at summer a little differently than I look at the rest of the year. So what does summer mean to you? Does it mean travel? Does it mean time with your family? A chance to do all the things you said you would do during the school year, but didn't quite get done. Or maybe getting a chance to do the things you said all school year you were going to do in the summer. I think the thing we love most about summer as teachers is that this is a time where it's all about us and we don't have to think about work unless we choose to. Yes, I was also that teacher who loved to take some time in my classroom before summer was over to organize and plan for the next school year. But as the years went on, I also spent fewer days doing that because what I realized was that for me, my family needed to be my priority. And really, quite honestly, what I found year after year is it didn't matter how many days I spent in the classroom in the summer, there was still so much to do once I got back to work that it almost didn't matter. And then I felt bad because I felt like I wasted my summer working. So I would calendar a day or two in the classroom and then enjoyed the rest of my time to kind of recharge and do the things that I wanted to do. So this first week of summer is always filled with such potential. It is great to bask in the knowledge that you can sit in your jammies and actually enjoy your morning without a real schedule. I found that that lasted for about, I don't know, three to five days before my brain went wild with all I wanted to accomplish at home before it was time to go back to work. So if you're like me, you tend to glorify what summer will be like. And then when it finally gets here, you find yourself a little overwhelmed again. I found myself thinking thoughts like, there's so much I want to do, but my summer is booked solid already, so I don't have time, right? Notice that but in there. Or my favorite, I'll fit that in next week, and then next week never seemed to come. So why do we do this to ourselves? Because I know I'm not alone in this. I hear others having the same comments during the summer and kind of the same regret once the school year started when we get back together and act, ask each other how our summers went. Now, of course, summer is interspersed with those fun things that we do, maybe a week of vacation here, a barbecue there, some summer activities here. But, and yet we still find ourselves caught up in that idea that we don't have time to do the things we wanted to do in the summer. So really, there's no problem here beyond that reality that we have a habit that the grass is always greener on the other side. 
I was always in that cycle of the school year when I looked forward to breaks because I thought I could get so much done for myself. And then during those breaks, I moaned and complained that I didn't have time or enough structure to be successful in reaching my goals. That was my big one in summer, like summer was unstructured. So suddenly I didn't know when to eat breakfast, lunch and dinner, um, or I didn't know how to eat healthy, or I didn't know how to fit in that time to the gym because it was so unstructured. Any of that sound familiar to you? The good news is that once we're aware of this in our own thinking, we can address it. So I think about what micro steps can we take to move towards what we want out of this summer? For me, it always came down to time. With three kids all doing a myriad of activities during the summer, I had to look at my calendar differently. I used to use the typical wall calendar and wrote down the activities that were happening during the summer so I had the big picture. That was like the first step for me. Instead of thinking my entire summer was uncontrollable, um, I used that calendar to see, okay, well, here are really the sections where I have some commitments. You know, there's soccer camp here, lacrosse camp here. Uh, then my brain would see lots of free days and it became a game of, well, I don't really feel like doing this today. I can do this another day or tomorrow. I have plenty of time. And then tomorrow never came. As my kids got older, though, there were fewer and fewer days that were free. So as those of you that are in the life cycle of having uh, multiple children with multiple activities, I bet you know where I was at that point. So my brain immediately went to the, oh my gosh, I just don't have time for myself. My summers are never my own. I always have to run everybody else around. That type of men mentality where I didn't feel like I had any control. And I would just be frustrated at the end of the summer because I didn't do the things I had waited all school year to do. So I had to then make a little micro change. So I decided, well, I'm going to buy one of those huge desk calendars, you know, the big giant ones, where I wrote down the activities in time chunks. So I would take each day and write down the exact time that these things were happening. So then I'd look at these pockets of time where I actually could do some of the things I wanted to. Uh, and I just needed to keep reminding my brain that I was in control of my time and that I had plenty of it to take care of myself. Here's the thing, though. I'm a person that leans towards making things bigger than they truly are. Remember that talk a few weeks ago about dramatic language? Yep, that was me. 100%. I was very all or nothing in my thinking. If one child had one thing to do on a day, I made that mean my entire day was blown. There was no possibility of planning anything for myself. Because you know, it's not just that they have lacrosse camp from nine to noon. I actually have to leave at 830 to drop them off. And then I have to pick them up, which means I don't get home till 1230. And then I have to make them lunch and da 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 da. Do you see how that dramatic thinking led me towards justifying how I didn't have time to do things on my own to take care of myself? I had to get real with myself and prove to myself that this type of thinking wasn't helping me and was actually creating overwhelm in my brain. For me, the big calendar worked for a while because I could visibly see where I had to do what I wanted to do, and I had the time to do it. Whether that was, I want to read this book, 
I want to go shopping. I want to get to the gym. I want to clean out a closet. I had the time to do it. And I could see that on the calendar. So even though I had this great scheduling tool, I actually filled it out. I had color coding for each kid. I mean, I spent a lot of time on this calendar. And yet, I found I still wasn't doing what I said I wanted to do during those times that I had open just for me. In the moment, I'd give myself a million excuses and justifications why I didn't want to do it. They all sounded reasonable, though. They were thoughts like, well, I can do that later, or I really want to honor my time off and just relax, whatever that means, right? Or I will do such and such instead. Like if I had said I was going to go to the gym, I would say, well, you know, I can go to the gym tomorrow. I really just need to stay home and uh, get the kitchen cleaned up today. So again, giving myself a million excuses and justifications of why I didn't want to do it. And all of these justifications seemed logical in the moment, right? I mean, they seemed so urgent and real and logical. And of course, this is what I would choose to do instead of taking time to work on me and my goals. But here's the end result. The end result of those actions of not taking the time that I had for myself to take care of myself and get to my own goals, spending doing other things, by the end of the summer, I had tons of regret because I didn't show up for myself and I spent yet another summer not getting to the goals I had set for myself. And then I'd go through the cycle again. I'd be like, oh, well, okay, well, you know, I'm back to that structure. That's what I just really need. I just really need that structure of going to work at a certain time every day and having my schedule managed. And that's where I'll be able to get the things done. And I'd set new goals to lose weight by Halloween or by the uh, winter holidays. And again, then I'd find myself in the school year in the moment giving myself those same excuses and those same justifications why it was harder for me during that time of the year to get things done. And I'd look to the next break, right? So if winter break was coming, I'd go, okay, well, guess what? Winter break's coming. So I didn't quite get this done in the fall because school was so busy, but I have time off in December. So I'll just really buckle down and do it there. Okay, this is the awareness that I had to come to of my excuses and justifications and how it made it so obvious to me that the only thing truly getting in the way of me accomplishing my goals was me. So here we go. Enter my lifelong companion, my little friend, self-sabotage, right? So self-sabotage is where we make goals for ourselves and then we choose to do something different instead. And it shows up in those subtle ways. It shows up in those subtle thoughts, such as, oh, I can do that tomorrow, or I don't have time to do that today, or any of those other thoughts that we talked about earlier. And so self-sabotage was more than the excuses and justifications for me, though. It was also that all or nothing thinking. It was the thoughts that had me believing that if I couldn't do it all, I might as well not do them at all. 
So if I thought I couldn't stick to a healthy diet because I was going to be on this great vacation, so why would I won't be able to stick to that diet on vacation, then I wouldn't even bother starting. And I would tell myself, oh, well, I'll start when I get back from vacation. Right? If I didn't have time to one in one day to clean out a closet that was really in much need of organizing, uh, I didn't do it at all. Because in my mind, if I couldn't spend the entire day doing it, I didn't have time to do it. Right? If I couldn't go to the gym six days a week that week, I wouldn't go at all. And I tell myself, well, next week will be better. So I'll start on Monday. This was the thinking that needed to be addressed. So it's that combination of self-sabotage through procrastination, right? But that procrastination comes from those thoughts I was thinking about putting things off and the self-sabotage in the excuses and justifications for putting those things off, right? So this was through the uh, self-development work that I did, that I began to notice these patterns. So, you know, it wasn't like one day I woke up and said, hey, I noticed I'm thinking this way. No, this took some self-development work, right? I really had to have my own coach saying to me, hey, notice these patterns. Notice if you're doing these things that she said she was doing. And sure enough, I, I realized I was doing those same things. So through listening to her podcast and then um, working with her directly, uh, that's where I started that self-development work and realized that it was really my own thoughts that were talking me out of doing what I knew I wanted to do. And that's when things really started to shift for me. So this is not to say that I had this revelation and things miraculously changed overnight. Nope, really. It was small changes that I built on over time. So one of the best books I've ever read that helped both me and actually my husband as well shift how we thought about change was the book Atomic Habits by John Clear. Uh, if you haven't read that book and you're interested in this idea of making change in your life, I highly recommend it. So anyway, in this book, he talks about how making these tiny 1% changes that you could actually sustain and build upon over time is what creates the snowball effect of long lasting change. He likens it to like this marble rolling down a sand dune. So when a marble rolls down the dune the first time, so you make this one little change the first time, it makes a bit of a dent, right? But once it has rolled down that same path over and over, the marble goes faster and faster because it's created this deep groove and it doesn't veer off the path, right? Because it is now, you've created a habit basically, right? And we know there's lots of research around habits that it takes six weeks of consistency to do things. Um, and the piece that I think is often missed in that is the mindset that you need to have as you're making those changes. So what are the things that you're saying to yourself about why these things are important to do? Also making sure they're super manageable, like I said. So I really loved this analogy uh, because it showed me that I didn't have to take these big leaps to change my patterns. So it was just these tiny little sustained changes that made the difference for me. So once you break down your goals into manageable chunks, kind of like what we do with instruction with kids, right? You can see where those tiny changes can occur. So what I found for myself is that the more I was successful in these small changes, the more I wanted to continue to make changes. So this is where one healthy meal a day turned into two 
and I started to see the scale go down. So then I would add a little more for a little while. And this is not a like, this worked one day, so the next day I add something else on. No, this is giving it time. Like I would take a week with a 1% change and then see how I felt the ne next week and say, hey, do you think I could add on from here? You know, this is feeling pretty easy now. This is becoming a habit. I bet I could. And then I'd add that next 1% change, right? Sometimes I found myself adding too much and I'd have to scale it back. But that's okay. That's where you learn to be the scientist. You learn to be curious about what you're doing and why you're doing it. You learn to be aware of what works and what might not work as well for you. These are the places where change occurs. So I wanted to uh, turn those healthy meals into weight loss, which I did. I also tackled some projects like um, <laughs> cleaning those closets, right? I realized that I could do it in stages. Like I didn't have to pull every last thing out of the closet, have a mess around me and be overwhelmed by what do I keep? What do I donate? What do you know, what finds what what do I find joy in? Right? I that's how I thought it had to happen. And then I realized, you know what, I could open up the closet and just kind of glance like, I, I just want to make a trip to the donation center. So what do I need to pull out? Oh, I know I'm never going to use this. I'm never going to use this. I'm never going to use this. Again, I didn't pull everything out of the closet. I did a scan first and just pulled out a few things. And then I'd find the next week that I had a little bit more time. So maybe I'd pull half the closet out. And I did it in stages until that closet was clean. Now I know what I can do. And I can keep on top of these things. And do I still have closets that need attention? Uh -huh, I'm looking at one right now. But even as I'm standing here talking to you, I'm like, oh, I see like five things right now that I could take down to Goodwill right this minute, right? So I know that I can tackle this closet without making it a big deal. I can make it easy, right? Going to the gym. Oh, my goodness. Uh, when my kids were in high school, I knew I needed to get to the gym for a myriad of reasons beyond just strength training, right? But it was really hard for me to get there. I had a lot of reasons why it wasn't happening. Once I shifted to this 1% idea, I started by just getting my clothes on. Seriously, people, that was my first step. If I can put my workout clothes on, I might feel inspired to walk out the door. And there were a few days where, nope, I just maybe went for a walk down to the block and back instead uh, and didn't go to the gym. But after a while, I'm like, yeah, I can get to the gym now. And I'm going to go to the gym for 10 minutes. So got was already dressed. That habit was already entrenched. Got in my car, got to the gym, worked out for 10 minutes. Now, I will tell you the first day, 10 minutes actually turned into closer to 20 minutes, and I was pretty proud of myself. But I also had to really watch in my head, or I should say, and I really had to watch in my head what the chatter was going on. Because that chatter could turn into self-sabotage with thoughts like, well, you know, you went 20 minutes yesterday, so 10 minutes today isn't good enough when I had told myself my 1% change was to go for 10 minutes. So sometimes I had to call BS on myself and say, no, 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 
the goal was to go 10 minutes twice this week. So that's what I'm going to do. Okay, so just also watch in the moment the things your brain is saying to you, right? Step by step, I started to see the difference as I was approaching things and how it felt so much better when I was accomplishing things and I felt so good about myself until I realized I was successful in my goals more often than not. So this is how I continue to live my life uh, as I notice patterns of behavior that I recognize are limiting me in moving forward. I think that's the piece is the more aware you become, uh, you, you start to see patterns in your life that are like, oh, that's why I'm struggling with this goal or that's why this isn't turning out exactly like I imagined it would. And then you can start to address those things. Awareness, awareness, awareness is really the first step. And here's the other thing I'm going to say about awareness. It's awareness without judgment. Awareness without judgment. Because the other piece of awareness is we can turn that against ourselves and start giving ourselves the beat down. And that's what we want to stay away from. Because when we recognize a pattern, we need to celebrate the fact that, wow, I see that now. And here's what I can do about it. Instead of I see that now and that's what makes me a horrible person or that's why I never get anywhere. And then we start to do that self beat down, which is not going to help us. You know, we hear a lot of people in um, goal work, especially in like the weight loss industry, the exercise industry that have this mentality that, you know, you have to like beat yourself down to keep going and there's lots of restriction and you just need to power your way through things. And that's not true. It's not true at all. A matter of fact, the best way is by taking that loving approach and celebrating the successes, no matter how tiny they are, and then cons being consistent with that tiny change and then adding on to that tiny change. Okay, you can do this too. <laughs> How do you want to approach this summer? What are the things you've hoped that you would accomplish? What do you want to do? How can you break those down into manageable chunks to move forward? And how will you take care of you this summer? It might just be, I'm going to take care of me by being aware that these are the things I said I do and, or I wanted to do and watching how that turns into action or inaction over the summer. So your summer goal really could be awareness. Like you might have some do goals, right? You might want to say, I want to do these things. And then the overarching goal is I want to be aware of how I'm thinking as I do or don't do those things that I wanted to do, right? So whether you're just beginning your break right now or you're in the home stretch of your school year being over and you're starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel and that potential for a great summer, really now is the best time to set yourself up for that great summer. So please remember, I'm here to help. If nothing else, I think the starting place is awareness with love. Awareness with uh, celebrating the successes when you are aware of what you see in your thinking, in your habits, in your actions.
So if you are interested in working with me, the first step is always to do a little um, exploring call where we talk a little bit about what your goals are, what you see getting in your way, and just setting a plan for how we can help you succeed in getting to those goals through these processes that I talk about every week uh, on my podcast. So if you're interested in that, go to my website at thejoyfuleducatorllc.com and click on the work with me tab and schedule a time where we can chat about what you want to accomplish this summer. Uh, If you know time is one of your uh, big things, that time seems to always uh, get lost or you don't seem to think you have enough of it and you notice that all your thoughts around time, uh, there is uh, a freebie on my website around uh, the secrets to creating time in your life. Uh, The point is, this is here for you. I'm here for you. Everybody goes through these things. There are so many people that want to improve and just don't know where to start. Coaches like myself are the people that are here to help you because previous coaches helped us. And it's so life-changing and life-altering that I just really wish I could like sprinkle a magic wand across the world and have everybody feel the way I feel once I got to this point. And going through all the things that I went through, and I hate for anybody to have to do those things that I did the hard way. Instead, do it the easier way. I'm not saying it's it's simple. It's not always easy, right? I guess that's that's really more of what it is. The things that we talk about in concept are simple things. They're not very complicated. It's not um, deep rocket science. But we have to reprogram decades of thinking and decades of socialization and decades of self-talk. So there are times where we do hit some barriers in that, and that's okay. That's part of the work too. All right, so that's what I have for you this week. I hope you're planning an amazing and restful summer. Please, 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 if you feel inclined, leave a review and make sure you hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend if you have some teacher friends that you think might find benefit in my weekly podcast. Be sure to let them know about it. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I wish you the most restful and joyous summer ever. I'll talk to you next week. Take care.